Hello and welcome to Disney's Follies, a new show in which two lifelong Disney fans revisit and offer perspective on a relatively specific but absolutely significant part of the Walt Disney Artistic Canon, the studio's full-length animated features. This is a very famous list of about 50 movies and some change, and began almost exactly 80 years ago with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the landmark cinematic achievement we will be talking about today, Mm -hmm. and has grown to encompass features in both two and three dimensions. Now, this series includes some curiosities and wacky ones, and and movies that would not under any circumstances be considered Disney classics, as Mm -hmm. well as, of course, omitting all the live-action stuff, both amazing like Mary Poppins yeah. and executable like blank check <laughs> any of which we may talk about one day uh, but these movies are basically the backbone of the entire Disney Empire not only did Disney put animated feature films on the map it's basically held on to that monopoly evolving to this day though as we go along that was often threatened yeah we'll see that, that they didn't always have a, a handle on that uh, but the studio clearly cares about this list like mm-hmm. preserving its integrity um, I remember ads from old Disney video cassettes where they would re-release older movies and the announcer would like proudly tell you which number it was on the list or like the new ones coming out as if kids ever cared about that yeah. sort of thing the latest film being moana which mm-hmm. came out just this year in 2017 and by the time we've caught up to that movie there probably will be a few more so i'm i'm ryan and is my co-host and sister-in-law justine hi she is undoubtedly the bigger disney fan of the two of us her True. family goes pretty much as often as you can right right yeah i'm surprised we don't live in florida right which <laughs> you might one day look for real estate there but then they try to do like seven times a year I went a lot with my family as a kid, but uh, only recently, and really just through being involved in her family, have I uh, kind of been reacquainted with Disney. But everyone loves Disney. I mean, I think we can all agree with that. Right. You know, going to Disney World is one of the best things you can do as a, a young person and an old person. It's immersive, it's beautiful, and there's so much interesting history. There really, really is. And um, you are more of a film buff, I would say, more so. You know, I, so I definitely, yeah, I like You have that cinematic history and uh, so. opinion that you'll be adding to right. the podcast. And a lot of these movies, I mean, some of them are, are really good. I mean, some mm-hmm. of them definitely, like, they meet the standard of a great film. Some of them don't. But it's interesting to see kind of which ones do. Because a Disney film is almost like its own genre. It really you know, is. It's yeah. Like, yeah. There I'm, are specific things that, yeah. that, you know, make them distinctively Disney that <laughs> no other movie, like, needs necessarily. But but it's interesting to see how they're used and how yeah. they come off, especially so many years after, you know, some of the, the early uh, classics. Mm-hmm. So Snow White, that is the very first one, uh, very famously, the very first uh Disney Studios full-length picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, and let's see. So based on a Grimm Brothers uh, fairy tale. Yes. And so we're not going to read the Grimm Brothers. Um, mm. I found something Sorry. of it online. Mm. It's very easy to type in Grimm's Brothers uh, fairy tale. Mm. Um, but mainly the main differences were that um, she, the witch, she, the witch, <laughs> tried to get rid of Snow White in three different ways. It was a lot more of an elaborate plot. Right. It, it wasn't yeah. just straight to the apple. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I was reading, they almost kept those two other instances in up until very recently, until they decided to cut them at the very end. So that would be, she got her a corset and like laced it up super tight so she mm-hmm. couldn't breathe. Yes. Um, that happened to a lot of people in the 19th century, right? right? Exactly. That, that actually happened, yes. Yeah, so. And then the other one was a poisoned Precious. comb. And I think the poisoned comb was still in there until... Very close to the actual release date. Indeed. So. There, there's a documentary on the DVD set that uh-huh. was reissued. We saw where it actually it shows you just, just how carefully they tightened the movie, how oh much was gosh. originally in it. Yeah. And, and Disney really focused his animators and uh, you know the writers and whatnot on making it very concise, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, which it feels that way. I it think. does, yeah. yeah. And there's just in this documentary as well, and I believe it's just simply called like The Making of Snow White or something. Mm-hmm. He's so detailed, Disney was, in his storyboards. It's almost like they showed clips of it. It's almost like the whole movie was just printed out in 
picture form on yeah. storyboards. He was very detail-oriented when it came to this movie. It was a very big passion project. You do get the him. sense that the overriding uh, uh, impetus there was, was about the visuals, about making this spectacle of a, you know, a longer color feature that mm-hmm. is visually very detailed and where the characterizations are very kind of interesting and innovative. And um, I think, you know, one could argue, we'll get to this, one could argue that plot maybe suffers a bit, but, yeah. uh, you know, they were finding their footing and they did it in a way that, I mean, the response to this movie when it oh, came out was I mean, insane, insane. I instant mean, hit, instant classic, <laughs> instant. I mean, it did everything it set out to do, essentially. Yeah. And a- if you're a Disney fan or even have gone to the park sometimes, and especially Disneyland a little bit more, um, and have done, like, they have a the Carthay Circle restaurant there, and that's mm. based off of the theater that this movie was premiered right. in almost 80 years ago and some change yeah, um, to yeah, the day. Yeah, we're getting to there. We're hovering around the anniversary for yeah. sure, so it's uh, um, quite a while. Um, <laughs> I, I want to real quick mention before we lose the Grimm brothers, since they have so little to do Ooh, really mm-hmm. with, with this, the, the wonderful dark ending of the original oh, yeah. fairy tale you were telling me about where it's uh, the wish's punishment Let me see is if a little I can bit different. Find I, be- it. I believe what it is is she's made to... It's, she, they're at the wedding of Snow White and the Prince. Right. And she's made to dance... In shoes that are what they're made of iron, and they put them in the they fire. They put them in the fire, so she pretty much has to dance till she dies. <laughs> so that's that. You can imagine them animating that scene and thinking <laughs> this is this is really traumatizing. Which that could have been landmark too, but yeah. they, they omitted that. Overall, the establishment of the Disney tone, where everything is kind of very sweet and very you know sincerely kind of wholesome and innocent. I mean, it's not. It's not like cloying, but it's definitely the, the the overt positivity of the Disney thing is really established here. So whenever they would take a Grimm's fairy tale, they would cut out all that stuff. That being said, though, it, there are some definitely some dark moments. There are some things um, that make you raise your eyebrow. For example, during the uh, forest scene when the, the hunter first sends Snow White away mm-hmm. in Radio City Music Hall, did you know they had to reupholster the seating because little kids would pee their pants because oh they were so gosh. scared? Well, I, I can see it being <laughs> the case. And that's actually a very trippy and intense sequence. And right. there are a couple of montages that are like oh, that. And the, and the ending scene mm-hmm. with the dwarves kind of chasing oh gosh, yeah. the evil hag witch. It literally the, gets dark fast. Suddenly oh the gosh. clouds are out and it's a huge storm <laughs> and all the animals are just freaking out. Oh my and gosh. So, Actually, you give credit for the fact that the tones in the movie shift so kind of smoothly. Yes. It's it's all this information packed into what's really a very concise period of time. It's an 80-minute movie, and for Mm -hmm. a long time, Disney movies were sort of notoriously short. So much much work to animate something that long, can you imagine? (laughs) No. I think they actually started doing this. So it was released in 37, Mm -hmm. and I think they started it in like 34. Yeah, so they were at it for a long time. And That's we hear, insane. You know, if you're a fan of Pixar, you hear stories about how long the studio <laughs> takes for their projects and stuff, but so much goes into it. Mm-hmm. Obviously not computer animation, but I mean, new new animation technologies were introduced. Yeah. They were making this, we saw. The- they were, so the Disney studio actually invented a specific camera mm. called a multiplane camera mm. that they used for this movie well they actually tested it out on a couple of other features so what's Mm. great if you look back on some of the shorts that the disney studio made you could definitely see characters and tropes and gags quote-unquote that they were testing out in other movies so that they were perfected by snow white and i think that's fantastic because they're like this isn't good this is how we can make it good by actually doing it yeah there are elements yeah exactly that are that are referenced you can see them leading up to it certainly from a a scenery perspective and and since color is kind of gradually introduced over the years uh, Mm -hmm. uh, to the series of features that he'd been making you you see these innovations kind of in play the first thing i did when i got a little money to experiment i uh, put all my artists back in school 
Now, we were dealing in, in motion, movement, and the flow of movement, the flow of things, you know, action, reaction, all of that. What, what is most uh, distinctive and remarkable about Snow White is um, their use of human reference. Uh, I remember Disney oh, saying yes. in the documentary how, well, when he got enough money for the project, he sent, he, quote unquote, his animators back to school. Right. So there were these people who were working in the studios animating these features in their, for their normal job. And then after their job, they would come back and um, had like an animation studio class where they would study real mm-hmm. human figures mm-hmm. and not just studying for the animation, but studying a different techniques for the sound effects for them. Right. Be making it and perfecting those, which I always thought was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, the human behavior in Snow White is, is almost like laboriously realistic. Yes. Like the way she moves, it's as, it's as if they traced over a film, which which they didn't, which is why it's so impressive. And I think the model that they used is also the model that they used for Aurora and then made Marion later on. Oh, wow. Or maybe they referenced back to this filming of her from forever ago. Well, what we'll see is there is a continuity through mm, a lot mm-hmm. of these films, you know, from actors and techniques and stuff, and, and in a period in the, in the 60s and 70s. 70s, there's reused footage like crazy, but, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's yeah, quite a bit of trivia. I did read something. Um, there aren't very many distinctive actors. You know, obviously, Disney would eventually right. start hiring more notable voices. Um, you were saying that the actress that was... She's, like, she wasn't well compensated, you were saying, oh, or okay. something so like that? So, her name was Adriana Cas... Casalotti, Thank you. Like, yeah. That's the Italian. Maybe. can say that. <laughs> Quarter uh, Italian. <laughs> <laughs> she was actually, um, her father or someone worked kind of close with the Disney studios and had called about something else. And she picked mm. up the line when she heard Disney and was like super excited about it. She was about, uh, I don't know when they started casting for the filming, but um, at the time of the release. 21. Yeah, right? at the time yeah, of the release, young. she was 21 years old. Um, and he just thought her voice sounded so distinct. Mm. And for anyone who's seen the movie you kind of agree it's almost like a it's like a softened betty boop it's a very high tone and very sweet and she's got this like aquatic vibrato that's like very like it's a very interesting voice she did her singing too yes right? yeah, yeah she, she did all the yeah, singing which kind of they they kept at the beginning and then they kind of shied away from some mm-hmm, time and then mm-hmm. they got back to voice actors and the singers of the same right. voice so she wasn't compensated very well and i know that sometime I don't remember when. I want to say in the 70s. Her and the actor who played the prince unsuccessfully tried to sue the Disney company to oh, try wow. to get some reimbursement because we'll talk about it in a bit, but they also released like an album and this was the first time a, mm. a, um, was a movie like a was released of... with an album or mm. soundtrack. It's very early in the process, yeah. Um, so yeah, she was paid a total of $970, which was equivalent to $16,000 um, back in 2016. Mm. So not a whole lot. However, that was her only incident with the Disney company. Mm. She always was proud to be Snow White. She became a Disney legend. Yeah, when, I mean, it's an honor, um, right? especially since she's depicted both physically and with her voice. Yes, and so... Actually, at Disneyland, there's a couple of places where you can find references to Snow White. And so, do you mind if we jump into that real quick? Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, in Disneyland, and actually also I think in Tokyo Disneyland, there is a Snow White's Grotto, which has like a beautiful little fountain. Mm. And it has these figurines that were carved and sent to Disney, actually. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually make them. And they decided to display them out. And Adriana actually re-recorded, I'm wishing... Yes, oh. I'm wishing for them to play in that area so that it was kind of an updated okay. track to so kind of involvement in the to parks kind too. of um, update the sound, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the person who called her, it happened to be his birthday, and when she heard that, she said, "Oh my goodness." 
this and started singing happy birthday to him. And the guy was, oh my God, Snow White is yeah, singing happy I mean, that's birthday a rare, to me. That's a rare so, opportunity for anybody. So she yeah, seemed great. pretty I mean, content yeah, for yeah. the most part. But you know, if you're starting a new animation studio, pay your actors. <laughs> you know, just, just prepare for, for that. For all the they, Walt Disney's you know, out there. The, the lawsuits may be more and more successful as we go into the future, yeah. hopefully, as you know, yeah, the, the uh, thing takes hold. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, now, uh, as far as the imprint of Snow White in the parks, there are, mm. of course, still a few rides where you can true. have a Snow White experience. True, true. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. I misspoke. Hong, it's also in Hong Kong Disneyland, that grotto as well. Mm. Um, She's my Disney expert here. Justine definitely yeah. is the one that's done all this. this um, I remember, um, the one I remember is the one that's gone from Disney World as a kid. Well, and that's at Disneyland, too. It is. Is it the same one? Okay, yes. then I did just so, go on it. It, it, it was it was really freaky as a kid, so it wasn't very familiar it, it to me as an Snow adult. Snow White's Scary Adventure, and, and it's currently fa- in fast paced ride and very mm-hmm. dark. And, it's a dark ride, similar mm-hmm. to Mister Toad. Which, excuse me, also, also very fast paced and like kind of and wacky. not in Walt Disney World anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So this attraction is in Disneyland. It was in Disney World, and it is in Disneyland Paris and Tokyo Disneyland. Um, at first, and I don't know when they changed it, but at first it was a ride where you didn't see Snow White at all. You were supposed to be Snow White going on this adventure. Right. And guests kind of complained, like, where's Snow White? It was and not exactly so, clear. Yeah. And so at the end, they kind of have her and the prince riding off. Um, I have to say, too, I think that because Snow White, we'll get to this as well, but that she's not a character that you feel a lot of ready identification with. Hmm. That's the mm-hmm. thing. The way she is, she's kind of a cipher in the movie. So maybe that was part of it. I do remember though, the the, the ride was like beautifully freaky yes. as a kid. I, I wish it scared me more now. But there is the uh, the, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yes, and so then the Seven Dwarfs Mine World Train is in Disney, Disney World, and it is also in um, the New Shanghai, which I'm not and that's a pretty that's surprisingly badass ride. It's pretty cool, and like, it's pretty good for a kids a, coaster, yeah, too, because it work for most ages. It's, you know, it's, fun. it's fun. It's actually more fun at night. I don't know why that is. I, I wonder. I feel like in the dark. It it's faster. great to be on the coasters when it's out in the night air. And oh, you're doing yeah, your that's thing. true. That's like with the test Maybe that's what and it is. Um, and you're kind of just in a minecart train, and it focuses more on the dwarves. And then the last bit, you do see Snow White. Um, she's dancing in the cottage almost as if it's during Silly Song, and the witch is knocking at the door. So mm. not the same plot line. No. <laughs> because the no. witch is there a lot earlier, but you do see her. And um, I think the cars, used to, the mine train cars, used to be able to rock back and forth. You could kind of control that on your own, and I think they've kind of uh, mm. stabilized them a little bit more last time i went it was a little bit harder to, to <laughs> all i remember is my hat forth. flying off my baseball cap flew mm, off and mm-hmm. my my aunt caught it behind me but yeah. it's it's a fun one it's it one is a fun one for sure Now, in the grand like scheme of the princesses, like mm-hmm. to date, where do you think Snow White falls in like general public popularity? Like, how do you think like? Well, I think that's hard to judge this year because mm-hmm. it has been kind of they've been celebrating the 80th anniversary of Snow right. White. For example, Saks Fifth Avenue for Christmas did a, their whole window display in mm-hmm. New York about Snow White, and mm-hmm. it's themed on her. And so this year is kind of a different year to judge. Yeah. Um, I think all the princesses kind of go through their phases of yeah. re um what's the word like the resurgence in popularity Thank and you. stuff like that but she but I mean, she's a very enduring character i mean only really cinderella if you don't count sleeping beauty which we're, that's going to be its own kind of thing because um, do- that's basically yeah. like the thing like the plot point of snow white getting a sleeping death working for the entire movie it's a very interesting <laughs> right. uh, difference but um but yeah cinderella uh, 12 years younger 
And the only character that I think has endured, along with all these new princesses from the Disney Renaissance, mm, that Snow White definitely has a foot. I mean, if you go to Target and you go to the dollar section for a princess thing, Snow White is 90% of the time going to be on it. Mm. So I think her popularity has with, withheld. I don't know why. I mean, mm. she's my favorite princess, but I'm I was going to ask. Yeah, I think I knew that about you. I'm this. the oldest of four, mm. and so I'm the oldest. I'm, I'm pale. I have dark hair. Very similar shades. Very similar that, shades. So, so I'm, you're black. And then the oldest thing kind of just identified with that. <laughs> However, personality-wise, she's not my favorite, but that's because she was a character built in the 1930s, and those women weren't as strong or whatnot or p- portrayed that way i had this weird thought earlier just thinking about the fact that that the prince is is such a very fleeting presence in the movie which he was supposed to be in uh more he had scenes where he was kind of gonna do they said like a kind of an errol flynn adventure or thing and then yeah they took that out um and i wondered if there was like a feministic aspect to the fact that these these early movies are so focused on the princesses but then you watch the movie and you're like you know She's such a passive character. Like, so much just happens to her. You know, she doesn't oh really gosh. show a lot of ingenuity or a lot of, like... But like, here's the thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so Snow White... cleaning, but... Snow White is 14. Um, hmm. We assume, like, in the story, the Grimm's brother story, her wife... Or I'm sorry, her mother um, gives birth to her and shortly dies after. Are they going to assume that her father marries this queen... I'm assuming the queen killed him mm. because she's evil. Right. And so then she was forced to be a slave. Kind of makes the best of it, cleaning and whatnot. Finds out her stepmother is going to kill her, mm. runs into a forest, cries, screams, goes through that trippy yeah. scene. Gets, and then yeah. she apologizes that she caused such a scene. And I just thought, I wrote <laughs> to down. Animals and to I wrote like down, trees, um, yeah. where did I see? Like, very quick affect like a very quick turnaround mm-hmm. for a 14 year old girl whose stepmother just tried to kill her like well your emotions are all over the place that no but that does, that's what i'm saying like to have the emotional maturity almost to be that's like that's right you know i'm sorry oh my god that was that was so her level of, of forgiveness me. we all should have that we really really should and it's so true. she's strong for the time period and the age maybe yeah. i don't know there's a lot of what well, the interesting thing about the movie is a lot of smoke and mirrors and the way the plot goes i mean it's, yes. a, it's really an expertly paced movie but it's just like that scene you were just referring to where basically you know the huntsman comes along or whoever it is and then she gets lost in the woods for like essentially it's like an animation exhibition like this particular brief scene right. where all of a sudden the trees turn into hands and stuff like has nothing to do really with like a real life situation but all of a sudden you're there where you need to be she's lost in the woods she can find the dwarves well, the dwarves quick, have all this action easy manifestation can... of her fears mm-hmm. and a way to show you it you know the whole the whole climax of the movie is in the last 20 minutes where the witch executes her plan yeah. and then she you know immediately falls off the, the ledge so she is no... <laughs> spoiler alert I'm sorry I should have said that first oh right so yeah. there's no opportunities. I mean, we all, I think, are familiar generally with the story of Snow White. But yeah, it's it's a very tight movie, but it is very curious from a characterization perspective. Well, so with with the Prince scene, uh, there was some difficulty animating him and making him they look... They said that, right? um, In the documentary that we saw, making him look more lifelike, and they were just like, this is too hard. It doesn't They abandoned this... male animation completely, and for the... They just, well, and they he does have like... very feminine features, so I wonder since they were focusing so much on making this look as real as they could... Mm-hmm. Maybe just having the prince be there, very bare minimum. And even when he's there, he's off to the distance, or he's Mm -hmm. looking through the water where it's rippling. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't see his features very clearly a whole lot. Yes, Also, his name is either Fernadad or Florian. Okay. Or Charming. But, like, sometimes I looked it up because I know (laughs) I had seen it somewhere. Apparently, he's either Prince Fernadad or Prince Florian. I'm trying to say Ferdinand. Like, the bow of Fernadad, like Trinidad. That's not a name I've heard. I'm just trying to... Whichever one sounds more German. Yeah, oh, exa- well, that's right. Because, guess what the queen's name is? Helga. No. 
Grim, uh, Grimhilde. Grim, Grim, Grimhilde. I'm going to look it up. Uh, okay. Or I have it up somewhere. It is G-R-I-M-H-I-L-D-E. Right. The, the, yeah, the, the nation isn't explicitly, obviously it's oh, no. stores from the Grimms, but, but it, no, because but it's not, architecturally, it's clearly German. It's clearly German. Musically. Like the clogs, the yes, music, yes. all the, the set decorations. And actually so quite speak. beautiful, their use of kind of like these German folkloric it's, kind of and, settings. And the yodeling. Yeah, well, that's true. That's it's, true. I, I I hope German people don't find it offensive. I think it's a beautiful representation. I of think in culture. this movie there are a lot of groups that could take particular issue. Obviously, um, little persons. That's because people are whiny. It's def- <laughs> Dwar- think- the dwarves in the film are more creatures than they are people, but they are treated with they have some a job. degree of respect. That's and true. She, and she, Snow White, just wants all of their love. Yes, you know, yes. None of their them. diamonds. Although she could really capitalize on that yeah. very quickly. Who do this was what we were saying before the great mystery of Snow White? Who in the world are they mining for? Is it just to support their little bungalow because they could really expand? They could buy two sets of beds. Oh my god! One for downstairs, one for upstairs. Uh-huh. Or but just I guess in a second bedroom at so, least. There's a lot unexplained in the movie. But I did the see the first time that together, they're the first time we see the dwarves. I wrote ooh sparkly in like big right. letters. And the, on the rides, they definitely they emphasize the sparkliness oh, so of the, the diamonds are used almost. I think in both rides for like yes. a climax, like I think a peaceful so. climax where you so. go through the tunnel. And it's very beautiful. The only the only notable person uh, that actually does voices. Most of the people like okay, uh, we were Adriana. Talking about that no, I mean, just, you know, the, the, the only person uh, they like 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 her. Most of the people are mostly known for their role in this. Although mm, I'm sure they mm-hmm. got good voice actor work around the time. But Billy Gilbert, who is kind of a famous comedic actor from the <gasps> '40s and one of his Girl Friday yes. and Great Dictator, uh, does Sneezy. That was his bit, I guess, on vaudeville or whatever. And he, it is. yeah, he once he did that yeah. bit for. Walt, so he's a breakout think. against all odds in the whole movie. Um, the woman, though, that was the model for the queen's kind of like yeah the inspiration for the right not the direct model but the queen has got this kind of this like vixen kind of I look. wrote like I kind of dig her style like it's very yeah very heavy chic. eyeliner the first time you see her always day, like chic. half lid open obviously rocking the purple yeah. which I love these kind of head things that are form fitting need to come back I think I don't know what nice. it is but I kind of love it like mm-hmm. I get why people are like yeah about the villains mm-hmm. and like Grimhilde has got it going on we had heard that the queen was originally designed to be kind of dowdy and kind of like put upon and, and thus you you know have more of an exhibit of why she's so upset about Snow White but it works so well to have her be this like actually beautiful yeah so so it's like the only reason that she is corrupt is she, she's she's a terrible person yeah you know she couldn't be the fairest in the land if she were nicer person but she's not now this was modeled we, we saw after a, a 1935 movie neither of us have seen I think called no. She Mm-mm. the actress Helen Gagan this is so peripheral but um, the actress that, that is in the uniform is actually almost like exactly the it's same it's exactly the same yeah she actually was one of the first uh, congress women oh wow well, the third woman elected See. to congress first democrat elected to congress so she went far lady that played the queen wasn't quite so lucky but, but, but you know, she, um okay but the lady who played the queen whenever she would do the old hag voice they're like no that doesn't sound right and i think they were almost going to get somewhere else and then she like kind of stepped out of the booth like mm. composed herself stepped back in and then did the voice and was like you mean like that like <laughs> just and then like what'd you do she said I, I don't know if she was joking or not but she said she took her teeth out <laughs> No, it makes you think. You know, all of these uncelebrated old voice actors from, oh, from the beginning of anime, especially when voice was so new in film. Yeah, and I mean, of course, as we as we've discussed, there are a lot of different components of creating these characters. Anyway, I know that they had said a male either animator or studio hand had dressed up as the model for the the old queen. He was oh, dressed yeah. up in a kind of a drag makeup, in, and yeah. and they modeled after him for the for the physical model for the the hag version of the, yeah. of the queen. So, just a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, I'm We've sure there's the, more trivia. You know, we'll, if we, it, we'll come up with it. But before we get into kind of assessing the film 
uh, aesthetically, we, we thought of a, a nice fun feature. You know, um, mm. we are called Disney's Follies, after all. And as we should make clear, in case anybody doesn't know, this feature was known colloquially oh, as yeah. Disney's, Disney's Folly because nobody had ever really attempted uh, an animated feature on the scale. I believe, like, in Italy or something, there were, like, there feature length, yeah, once, but they were not... And apparently they're lost now. Yeah, something, yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Only fragments or something exist or they're completely gone. But this is the first time a commercial studio had decided to basically exhibit a cartoon as something other than an introductory short which yeah. nowadays that's really just almost like a Pixar thing that's not a thing anymore you don't have Warner Brothers cartoons in front of things like that no. so Disney really essentially changed the game for animation as a, a commercially viable thing and and it really basically established the full-length animated feature mm-hmm. but um so we, we took our name from that but follies are easier to come by when you have just a little bit of alcohol on hand um so we thought it might be cool each episode, we shout out to a cocktail that we come across that's somewhat thematically linked to the movie. Today, we're cheating. We've just poured a little bit of, it's not poison apple, it's just regular apple uh, cider with a touch of Jameson. Maybe Jameson will sponsor us if this is what <laughs> up. But um, what was the cocktail that you had sent me So here? I followed Tipsy Bartender, and he had just made one, and I think he has guest bartenders on there, and this one was called the poison apple. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are kind of doing things, like I mentioned earlier with Saks, about the 80th anniversary of Snow White, mm-hmm. and it looked delicious, but it was very labor-intensive, and we're recording this the day after Christmas. That's right. So we got on that. We've know, um like we've already been in the kitchen enough. We've we've earned it. We've earned just kind of. <laughs> so this is a kind of a lazy version. Um, but it still but, gets you there essentially. Yeah. So we can call us something. We'll we, come up with a name we'll, for we'll it. come up something. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Snow White's Poison Apple. That's my boy Tana, new mixologist in the house, and he's bringing it. Okay, this is his creation, Fall Falernum. That's Falernum that he spiced up a little differently. Apple infused gin. Mm-hmm. And come behind that with just some fresh squeezed apple juice. No joke. Okay, that's fresh apple juice. And then we hit it with a little bit of egg white. All the comments are going to go, oh my God, I don't want salmonella. You're not going to get salmonella, man. I definitely didn't need a cocktail to enjoy this movie. I think no, it still has no. definitely lots of good elements. That was my it. favorite part of watching the documentary or the, the storyboard segments. Mm-hmm. It's just actually like watching the, the film as it plays, those, those segments. The movie is almost... Like, there's the threadbare plot, but it's a series of moments. It's a series of vignettes. It's yeah. the yodeling, or there's yeah. the mining, or there's the cleaning sequence with the animals. And and they're all threaded neatly enough. Yeah. And the animation is great for all the different characters, but it's interesting how different, you know, you've got the very realistic human characters, and then you've got the dwarves that are doing that, as they said, like the squash and stretch, like the very physical <laughs> comedy, yeah. where there's these blurs of motion. And then the animals are kind of somewhere in between. Where they are realistic, but they mm. are given a lot of different business. A More lot personality. of personality. Like great silent comedy. Which oh, of course, yes. I mean, they they were all silent comedies to start with. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's cool is there's this dryness of humor to these moments that kind of cuts how sincere some of the main stuff is. Because mm-hmm. there's some moments in this that are really quite not sentimental, but they're very serious. Yeah. And they're very like sweet and all that. Yeah. It's a good First attempt, not attempt, because it went fantastically. Yes. It probably it grossed the most for he, any animated film. He built film. his studio on the back of these and profits. only knocked off by Gone with the Wind, which a lot of people <laughs> really liked. It doesn't, it knew when, when to cut and it knew yeah. what to focus on and what its strengths were. And mm-hmm. I think that's really evident. And I think even going back to the practicing with those shorts beforehand, mm-hmm. it said, okay, we're really good at this. We're not so good at human men. Mm-hmm. So that scene yeah. when the queen captures the prince and he has to dance with some skeletons and then escape, let's cut it, even though it would be really good. Because right. obviously, if you're any, you remember the dancing skeletons. So mm-hmm. Disney was already keen on how to do that. <laughs> um, 
But they knew that wasn't a strength, and it didn't quite fit well enough with the movie for it yeah. to... He wanted it to, like you said, really be tight. Yeah, how, how judicious he was with what he put in, what he took out, and how he kind of approached these things. And then when the prince is on, he, he looks like, just like Snow White, he looks like a, a photorealistic man, and he's... Yeah. He's a cipher, though. And I think this is the great weakness of the movie, is that you, you don't get a sense of the personalities of these characters. I thought about characters' eyes. And how key they are to oh. all of our favorite animated movies and how they're deep and expressive and they've gotten more and more okay. so over the years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you have the doe eyes on the dwarves and, and on the animals that are doing all the communicating. But Snow White Snow White has these kind of, these pretty, but these kind of, these eyes you have a hard time seeing into. And the prince is basically like got these black dot eyes. I mean, like this guy is, you don't know him at all in the movie. Well, I don't know if you need to, but it, it's it's interesting that, it's like how can you have a sense of the romance really besides just putting faith in it if you don't really know who these people are or how they get to know each other i think the only one we really don't really know is the prince however i mean mm-hmm. yeah i feel like we know more of the, about the huntsman than we do the prince and snow white definitely is a she's an engaging person she's very positive and she's definitely she's mm-hmm. funny a lot in the movie in a kind of a, a subtle way her interactions with I the thought a lot of stuff. her mannerisms were so 14 year old girl i suppose so like yeah. when she was like oh so cute your little men oh my goodness and that was just so childlike yes and they really yes. succeeded in that um back to the eyes did you notice only the evil people had green eyes no yeah the huntsman had wow. green eyes the queen had green eyes everyone else had either blue or brown okay dopey i think was the only one with blue there may have been another dwarf but all the other dwarfs had brown snow white had brown you said the, the prince had black eyes. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't look directly into them, <laughs> but I, I had a hard time kind of, but kind of seeing. The queen it. definitely has green eyes, and the huntsman had green eyes, That's and I thought that was interesting. And then the little rats in her little cellar were the green beady eyes. <laughs> Another too. example. So green is kind of associated of how carefully with carefully this was put together. But the, see, the colors in this movie. Oh wow! I, mean, I know. Well, outside of the eyes, I mean, that last shot, the castle in the sky in the sunset. I mean, that's just one of many gorgeous Iconic. tableaus of this impressionistic kind of field of color. Oh, yes. I noticed a scene where she's out there, the huntsman's going to come yes, up to her. Yes, me too. The water. Yes. The water is this gorgeous shimmer. Like, it's extraordinarily convincing. And just these lush forests and stuff like that, which I imagine, maybe we take it for granted now because a movie like, I mean, a movie like Monsters University, it's not about scenery. It's still mm-hmm. this gorgeous thing, the way people, have, as far as people yes. have come. But, I mean, just... How lovely it is from an artistic perspective. And I think then. a lot of that is that multi-plane camera, which I, I mentioned, mm-hmm. but I don't think I explained. So basically what it is, is uh, he designed this, Disney and his company, designed this camera that there's the background layer and then the next layer and mm-hmm. the next layer, kind of introducing his forced perspective, which mm-hmm. he uses a lot in his park. So there was almost like three or four different scenes shot on top of each other and the camera sits on top and slowly zooms from the you know, the most background right. scene kind of all the way up. So, so the you way you get that lush forest is there's a complete background of, of forest and then some trees in the foreground and then some more trees in the foreground and then it's Snow White. So and then it's... to even make her look inside of the forest, maybe then there's a final one of extra trees to make it. Right. Like so it's like this closer. dose of like, you know, live action perspective, the way it, it, it is very, it's very effective because it really puts you in the world. There's no, and in a movie like this, even in the scenes that, um, don't evidently use multi-plane cinematography. You really do feel like you're in the setting. They're 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 beautifully created. The dwarves' mm. cabin is so full of detail. I just want to live there. I know, I know. They should really have made that world. You know, they spent all that money on Cars Land. Let's put us in a classic Snow White well, cabin for the 80th anniversary. I know. It's. I think that's the worst that the Snow White or the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Excuse me. They have their little cabin that you can kind of walk by. 
but you can't go inside of it because that's where mm. the little animatronics are. But I would just love to walk through it. Um, they should let you in if you like sweep it. That's just what right. they should do. You <laughs> that's do the what dishes, you sweep, you can exactly That's how, she got, it that's how she got her ticket, and it was perfect. <laughs> Maybe you do really well, you can sleep in all their beds and just take the thing downstairs. Yes. There's so many great visual. I'm just thinking of the, all the different scenes that take place in the cabin or with the door. Such great visual gags in this movie. Oh, yeah. Where, where uh, the, the dance is, they always show this in like trailers for the movie, but like the oh, dance with. Dopey and uh, sneezing on the bottom. That's right, because that's how it all turns out. <laughs> I mean, and that's a great thing. And then he sneezes and the thing expands and he pops out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. The scene with all the bubbles. Oh, oh my the gosh. bathing scene is great. Grumpy. Oh, I, I forgot oh. about this. The, the guy that played Grumpy and I believe it's uh, Sleepy mm-hmm. actually was the original voice of Goofy. <laughs> now I'm warning you. Don't let nobody or nothing in the house. Why, Grumpy, you do care. I thought I heard a Goofy when he... Yeah. I thought it was... He's one It was Sleepy, not Bashful? Uh, I think it was Sleepy. You know, you're right. I wrote it Sleepy. You're right. But Grumpy, definitely. And of course, they have that kind of... That yokel kind of intonation to how they speak and stuff (laughs) like that. So, um, Grumpy's a great character. When I... Both times I've rewatched this movie... Grumpy is the best character. He's hilarious. Like, he really... He really is very, very funny. He's the only one with an arc. Yes, that's true. He stops being a misogynist through Snow White's beguiling charm. Eventually. Yeah, I mean that's the dream, right, ladies? Indeed. I'm just kidding. Indeed. I'm just kidding. That's how you kill. That's not how you get him. I'm sorry. Around I'm cutting houses. Out. That's and, awful. It's so like sorry. the reverse message. You I'm want. so sorry. But you know, Snow I don't White, believe that at all. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, there is something, and I think maybe this is the fem- feministic element of it. These are strong protagonists, even if they're not given so much to do. Snow White is definitely. She governs her circumstances when she's in in that peril. She makes mm-hmm. the most out of it in a way where I you mean, don't feel like she's Show me a fourteen like year old now that would would do this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All the boomers wish the you know the fourteen year olds would get off their get off their behinds and and clean the house and you know I don't know befriend Dude, a bunch not of little even men. Just that, just, she's like, well, maybe if I clean house, they'll let me stay. Not even just expecting like, well, I clean their house, so I better stay. Just like, oh, I hope <laughs> they let me stay if I do this for them. Yeah. And doesn't say like maybe, just does it. Yeah. And hopes for the best mm-hmm. and i think that's something that we can all kind of do right now yes i suppose yeah you know we don't lead with positivity anymore you know circumstances <laughs> yeah, no. is, is i wish i was as down. positive and optimistic still as right is. i mean look at what she goes through i mean oh, if, you, I if you abandon that you, you it's harder to survive these circumstances and, and you know at the end fate intervenes so maybe that'll happen to you too maybe uh your enemies will wander off onto a ledge of a cliff and lightning <laughs> will strike at just the right spot send a boulder thereafter the vultures will take care of it. Yeah, those vultures. You, they're playing like a long game with that thing. You're like, you think they're the queen's henchmen, and then at the end of it, they're then like, all, sudden, all right, like, vultures have no. This is what we were in. So like, really, the vultures are the hero of the movie. I think you can tell they were after. I mean, that's how there. they. That's how that was a nice, subtle way to show that the queen had probably fallen to a disgustingly gruesome death without right. having to show it. Like that shows the like, first example okay. of gruesome dispatches where there's no like guru in there. It's not. It's not gory and it's not oh, unsettling. Yeah. It's just like okay, well, that's what she deserves. Exactly. I didn't tell you this either, but I, you know that I want to be buried in a glass coffin. Just put me right in the <laughs> like middle of Stalin? the forest. Oh, yeah. Even if, especially if I'm in a car wreck. It's like it's oh, mangled completely. This glass coffin. No, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's cute. And that's actually quite a beautiful scene. They were oh, saying I that know. when it was exhibited in the theaters, people were weeping. Like they Cary were Grant, hushed. Yeah. Cary like Grant was weeping oh during gosh. the, because he can, was at the premiere. If you can melt Cary Grant's heart, you're right. doing something right. Exactly. So that's an example. And I think, you know, as we go through some of these movies, the emotional center gets a lot stronger. Like it's based on even even more intricate plot work yeah. and 
better characterizations mm-hmm. and and that's the beauty of all the all the Disney movies we love. And I think probably the the detractor for the ones that didn't come off quite as well. Sometimes they lose that heart. Um yep. and we'll see that. And I wonder if that's too because so much of Walt's heart was in this. Right. And I think that's right. very evident. And yes, I'm a Disney fan and so I'm going to lean towards Walt was great. Not a saint, you know. He certainly had his He uh, has his problems definitely for sure. However, <laughs> He was so passionate in this movie, and that really shows. And yes. so, and and not you know, and any other artist, you can tell when a movie is really resonant with them, even if it's not great. For example, Boyhood is fantastic. Mm. It's not a great movie, but you can tell that it meant a lot to Richard Linklater. I mean, labor of love to spend that much time making a movie in the first place. Well, yeah, I mean, and some, Snow White and, only took a third of that time in the first place. It was still a long, and that was, yeah, a long period of time so, of making a movie. It just it it just shows when you're heart is truly in right. it i think especially it's like something so novel i mean like boyhood and then yeah because yeah. it was such a new concept and then like snow white too um, we don't want to get like hagiographic here but when he there's a clip of him that we watched over at our place we're sure of just one thing everybody in the world was once a child so in planning a new picture we don't think of grown-ups and we don't think of children but just of that fine clean unspoiled spot down deep in every one of us that maybe the world has made us forget and that maybe our pictures can help recall. I think that that really is the secret when life mm-hmm. knocks you around because, that, I mean, that's that's what happens in life. You, you, you encounter things you don't expect and you struggle and um, if something can kind of return you to this this kind of this open-hearted hope, yeah. then you really can get through the hard times. And so as sentimentalized as it's become, as easy it is to be ironic or like, you know, as unsubversive as Disney can be of itself, I think you really have to appreciate just the the honest positivity of the message that's embedded in and stuff like this. It's just so pure. Yeah. And it's not with any agenda. Yeah, not or, like it, not, not to like make in a puritanical way. It's pure in like a just like a good way. It's just, just like a, a feel yeah. unsullied by negativity, essentially. I've been over I've been home for, for about four days or so for Christmas break now and I've we've been kinda almost like there was Christmas and stuff, but mm-hmm. like putting off watching it because it's not my favorite movie. But I'm glad that we watched it in the afternoon because it it made me feel, like you said, optimistic and hopeful. Yeah. And uh, around New Year, everyone kind of feels that way. So I think this was a good yeah. movie to kind of yeah. start the... See, we're bringing positivity back to America. Yeah, 2018, One hashtag Disney positivity. full-length animated feature at a time. <laughs> you know, we can learn a lot from it. And when they go wayward, it's interesting you talk about Walt's, you know, influence on this. And I mean, we were talking about how it directly comes from kind of his, his worldview. Yeah. Um, when this series goes awry, as we'll see in many, many episodes from now, 70s and 80s, shortly after he passes away, oh my gosh. the interesting struggle for them to kind of recapture... You know, something that makes the Disney movies commercially viable and makes audiences love them. The heart. You, you can tell they, I mean, it, it's telling that they drew the model from movies like Snow White yep. and Cinderella as yep. opposed to going in a different direction like they were trying to in the 80s and whatnot. So Snow White, when it was released, it was released in almost any country that could show a film at the mm. time. And they changed all the names of the dwarves so that they were... That's right. They actual, animated all the different languages. And they sure. animated all the different languages. Some of those literal translations are probably hilarious. Oh we God. haven't looked them up. No, 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 because there's too many. But I just yeah. think that's a wonderful detail that I think we sometimes do for like... Spanish countries now, mm-hmm. or yeah. or um, Asian countries now, but I don't think we translate into every language. No. It'd be insane to the seal. Oh, 
Me siento muy mal. Yeah, he definitely had an internationalist vision. And I mean, it is cool. Most of these stories don't take, they don't certainly don't place, take place in America. They're International these vision. Various uh, countries. Money. He needed money. Of course. He put up his whole life for this money. So, Of course, the other side of it, we see later on that there are uh, continents and, and countries that are omitted in, I'm in sure these that particular they are, visions. And then they make their efforts the to kind of The fact that they made so the, many, uh, made it so available sure. to so many. Yeah, Eastern countries weren't excluded in this. It was definitely as broad a, an audience like as said, he could to find. Whoever had the had the uh, facilities to show it, probably, mm-hmm. is yeah. where it went to. As fiercely patriotic as he was, um, boy, that'll come out in uh, <laughs> Disney movies 6 through 9. We're getting very ambitious here. We're excited to do all the rest of these. But they're such <laughs> short movies, you know, that we can put them away. Um, he was he was definitely a very patriotic individual, but you could tell that Walt Disney definitely... And I mean, now you have these Disney... Disney World is... In Shanghai and in Hong Kong and in, Tokyo, in Europe, but Tokyo, all Paris, these, yeah. So can, uh, Canada, California, so, and right? Florida. So you know, a very um, broad kind of target. But I think it was more about money with him because this was the first movie that came out with merchandise around the right. same time as it was released, and not only merchandise, but like I mentioned earlier, its own album soundtrack, yeah. which was insane and totally mm-hmm. new at the time. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine? I think like owning a nineteen thirty seven. LP. But it would be like a, like a 10-inch. I wonder if it would be... Um, well, when no 10-inch records didn't even come out yet. So I guess it would have been like a book of... We have to look up what the format was. Oh, my God. It would be God. like a book of 45. But what I thought oh, was cool was the... Probably. But that's the, amazing. Or 78s even. But I thought the... Uh, what was so cool is that the, they actually were selling toys oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in the theater, essentially. They were they were, they were were marketing, you know, little toys of, of these characters. Like, yeah. that's yeah. precious. Everyone thinks it's Star Wars that kind of came out with the franchising. But anyway, it was Snow Beat White. Beat it by 40 years, yeah. So, yeah. suck it, George Lucas. Exactly. You know. um, that's going to be our t-shirt. That's going to be... That's the moral of the story. Right, right? suck it, George you know, Lucas. That's, that's um, basic, uh, the basic message we're trying to send to. So, oh, and then they had, at the premiere, they had characters dressed up like the dwarves, like in the costume. Yeah. Like the friends of the characters dress up If you see some stills, the they're surprisingly terrifying. They're it's super sort of terrifying. Like the and Snow White was there. It was a big Hollywood to-do. It like I said, lash, like we yeah. mentioned, Cary Grant was there and cried. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Shirley Temple was there. And oh, Yeah. When um, Walt won the honorary award, because there was not yet an animation award for the Academy Awards, right. she presented him the award, and it was the Academy Award, and then seven mm-hmm. little miniaturized versions <laughs> that were so wonderful. And right. rumor is, apparently Shirley Temple thought one of those was for her. Oh. She thought the little ones were for oh, her Shirley. for some reason, but because she was a little girl. Another congresswoman. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So Going some, back to that. Um, yeah, tangential political influence here, obviously. The, the, um, the cash was coming in, and that was great, because the prophets of Snow White actually built the animation studio in Burbank. Like, right. And that's why there's little statues, right. and I've never been. I really want to go. But you see little statues of kind of like the dwarves, in essence, as gargoyles, like holding up the roof of the building, because... <laughs> They kind of were the movie yeah. that built that house, which I just think is a beautiful tribute. I mean, it's, it's a Walt was an independent pioneer, just like oh, Charlie Chaplin, well, where he's, okay. make, he's taking his own medium. Go ahead. I mean, okay, well. Walt and Roy. Walt could not have existed without Roy. And I think Roy, Roy I'm very passionate about the unsung heroness of Roy Disney. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. And we'll go so ahead. them together, the Disney brothers. And Roy was mostly, was he, he was the, the business head? Right, exactly. To Walt's dreamer. But I mean. Which I, you need. You got me immediately thinking. I mean, it's true, actually. Walt, Walt's. The products of Walt's vision were hugely collaborative yes. from the very beginning. I mean, from the nine old men and all the other oh. now old men or deceased men that uh, yeah, are not remembered for the animators that toiled on, on the drawings that the nine old men made oh, and stuff wow. like that. I mean, that's true. He was never without 
a tremendous amount of help, which I guess is a testament to, you know, his charm. And the and kind his, of people uh, he drew around him. And like, yes, there was a lot of that, things that you watched the PBS American Heroes or whatever that series is called. I remember that documentary. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that, he, you American know, Masters, they, had, they had the, thank you, they mm-hmm. had the writer strike. And yeah, he wasn't the greatest. However, he, again, okay. I think that was about money. And I don't think, mm. I think Snow White, like their movies were not t- coming out to his standards, especially like, how the F do you follow Snow White? We don't know if we're cursing <laughs> it. That's why I'm saying that. How do you follow Snow White? And we'll watch that. And, like Pinocchio is a, is a nice movie, but I think it's did great. it have the commercial success of Snow White? It, it has. Did, like what were the, like, but can you imagine the critics like, okay, well you did one. Can you do another? Right. Right. Was what it I, as well received? I have to research. What I, don't I think know. is interesting is the progression from Pinocchio onto Fantasia. Um, oh, there Fantasia is a, is a, a mounting kind of level. Disney has a, Disney goes uphill. Before it goes yeah. downhill for a while. That's true. But actually, it does a lot of ups and downs. The whole this whole canon. I mean, there are periods that they they really need time to get back on their feet. Um, and of course, a lot of these times are periods when Walt is focusing on you know building the parks or not doing yet. feature. Films but he's not doing or, that yet. So the not first kind of no, season, no, no. I think that's why there's so much heart in Snow White and there's so much heart in Disneyland mm-hmm. versus World. And I'm a World girl. We, we're both oh, from yeah. the East Coast, and oh, so yeah. we went to world, world first. Yeah. However, you get that different magic and warmth mm. f- like you do from Snow White that you do from Lady. Le- and his I think level of focus on those first projects, right? His, is, is his really first projects, right? and, and the same with the first mm-hmm. talking. Like he was like, "No, that's not the voice. This is the voice of Mickey." And so he does it. And so those first things of how he wants it to be, yeah. he's so passionate about. Right. And you can so tell. There are these little clips of him acting out oh, various my God. parts in acting Snow White, the hag and was he's the best. absolutely invested. And so you do see that that singularity of vision and the passion behind it. I mean, it's, you can see it being addictive. You can see hundreds of people being like, "Okay, we're going to follow this guy." But yeah, like you said, like he's, you know, semi-culty. But I'm I'm joined it. Cool. I'm already in, initiated. I'm in the Disney cult. That's fine. Of course, of course. Well, I'm I'm always my, my toes are always on the line. There. I try to keep one foot in reality because it is very it is something you can really fall into. Um, um, speaking of his kind of. Uh, I don't know why in the, my head these go along. Patriotism is, and we'll find out because I don't know. Is Snow White the only princess to pray and to be shown praying? Oh, I wonder. Bless the seven little men who have been so kind to me, and to me my dreams come true. Amen. There's a you know, piety there that is very classically old American. Still oppor- uh, not op- opportunistic. I'm sorry. <laughs> still optimistic. Yes. Yes. So I don't know if it was just to. to and probably praying to portray her innocence because she was 14. Right, right. 14. I mean, she lives in a world full of dark magic. So it's obviously, yeah. there are some obviously other like spiritual forces at work. Right. And so maybe, and maybe it wasn't praying to the religious institutions that we know of now. However, I just thought that was interesting to put into a Disney movie. Yes. You would not put that in any well, movie. And you don't now. think twice about it. Like so much else that's weird about this movie. You really don't think twice about it the way it's inserted. Exactly. Um, yeah. Magic, it just, though. It I just, mean, it kind of went with her sweetness. It but is magic. interesting that going back oh, to that, yeah, man. dark magic is, magic is Disney's excuse to make all this stuff happen in almost every project you know what i mean it's like oh mm-hmm. well, these people are also they're also sorcerers and stuff yeah. i gotta say i love when i was a kid i used to love cartoons where people like mad scientists and stuff are mixing up potions and they pour something and it changes colors or it fizzes out so when it's i wrote a lot of fun stuff uh, i forget when she's making the point um i like that she explains why she's using each ingredient she's like <laughs> yes. oh to make my hair white this effortlessly the- inserted exposition right there. oh it's so great <laughs> like i don't know like i'm kind of I'm kind of a Grumhell Day. Yeah, fan I guess now. so. At heart, she was yeah. she was fantastic. Yeah, but I love that she was like, oh, it's it's the uh, witch's cackle to mm-hmm. make to change my voice. Right. That's, 
thank you for explaining that to me. I super exactly. appreciate it. With all those cool little animated bits, I mean, the bit where, and it's it's memorialized in a mug that that I, I know that many of you have uh, that you can get in the actually, Disney parks. Okay, I know that Aaron has one. I know, My wife, that Aaron, and I don't uh, her sister. One? No, um, I guess it is. The poison I mean, apple mug. You know, it's like sometimes in this family, you guys kind of collect all the merchandise like, <laughs> together. You have the whole stock. Like, Disney, do you want to sponsor us? <laughs> but that is a cool, a cool, clever bit of animation. I also loved, um, you know, what, what we're talking about with it, with the stuff bubbles down over the apple and it forms a skull. Oh, yes. The bit where suddenly there's a crow that's like briefly her sidekick and he has some physical business and he's in the, the skull really mm-hmm. quickly. And you know my clever ideas. What's that? I, I learned this from a, po- a podcast that I'm going to shout out and she will never listen to this, but Alan Ward's podcast, Ologies, where she interviews scientists. Her mm. fifth or sixth episode, she interviewed ornithologists, which is mm-hmm. the study of birds. Mm. And the guy who was on there, forgive me, I forget his name, said that crows remember faces. Just think about that. Crows time, remember faces. Next time a crow is giving you stink eye, just it will, recognize yeah, just it has be like, targeted apologize you. Apologize to the crow. Yeah, you got to make peace or you got to walk away or you got to take that crow out. So no, that crow, like, I like it because that crow was kind of looking at her like, you crazy now. <laughs> like, I don't know if I trust you anymore. And right. I'm a crow. I'm a right. shady ass bird. Actually, you know, we're talking about, we mentioned briefly how certain groups might, you know, is there any offense in this or that? Um, the, witches, you witches notice are that probably the, that's, that's true. You know, Sorry, you know, witches. It's a wonderful subculture of positive pagan people out there. Um, but what's interesting to me is that all the birds that are nice are these very mainstream little bluebird types. And then your vultures and your crows are all bad guys. Now, see, that's... Yeah. That's a little antiquated, obviously. No, but crows are bad guys. That's what I learned from the bird podcast. (laughs) Crows are bad guys. They have the potential for bad, is what it is. I'm sure there are some that defect, you know. Humans are pretty Also, I learned in that podcast, eagles are pretty much like vultures. And that's our state, or state. That's our national bird. Just like the band. Just callous (laughs) vultures type people. Um, What else? I'm trying to look at some of your notes here. What's this Nicole Kidman clap thing? Oh, so when Snow White was clapping during the thing, she kind of, you know how Nicole Kidman, the last awkward... Oscars, everyone was like, oh, why are her fingers kind of pointing out? I'm showing you, Ryan, like this. Oh, where they're yes. making like that weird, they're going out instead of her yes. hands There's all completely touching. That you can look at, yeah. Um, Snow White's do the same thing, so maybe that's just how people are. Like, it was an how... homage, probably, and Nicole just got misinterpreted right. in the press. No, I think that's, but if you're clapping <laughs> fast, I mean, my hands aren't all touching now. I think she said, Nicole Kidman said that she wanted to avoid clacking her. No, dude, jewelry's expensive. That's I get true, that. But, especially if you're Nicole Kidman. But, but. Snow White's kind of hands kind of go out like that too. So maybe yes. that's just how lady. That's how ladies clap. Maybe lady clap. I'm not a lady. <laughs> um, Anybody can clap that way if you know, they want to. I wrote, even the hag don't. has green eyes to go back to the green. Yes, eyes. Yes, oh, yes, I, was, so, I didn't notice that. They have really clean teeth for never bathing. That's true. They don't. His yeah. teeth were white AF. There's no, there's no rot in Disney movies. There's no, no. Like canal potential situations. There. Um, that well, is a very interesting scene because they're washing each other. Clothes don't really get wet. Um, oh, they but scrub all the, teeth with soap. Dobie consumes a deadly amount of soap, <laughs> probably. So. What did she say while we were watching the movie? Oh, I'm trying to. Oh, yes. When I was a kid, <laughs> you know, you learn. The funny thing is that, and this is actually kind of important, you learn what things are through what you watch as kids. And when you're a kid, your parents put cartoons in front of you. Yep. So sometimes you just don't quite connect reality. And I always thought that soap and cartoons was so appetizing looking. <laughs> so when Dopey's, you know, having that whole thing, oh, well, you know, I would like to try that someday. And of course, there's all the, the bubbles. So it's like you're caught behind somebody with one of the things that Disney that you under- buy. Where it's oh, like, God. I like those things, but I know all my sisters hate them. Right. Um, <laughs> it can get... I also hiccup a lot, so I identify with with Dopey in that scene. Um, There's a dwarf for every So Dopey's name... Oh, yes. Um, 
They didn't think it sounded very old timey uh-huh. or whatnot, I guess, or didn't sound like a real word. Right. And Walt was like, no, do- William Shakespeare used it in a play. That's a lie. There's no mention. There's not one? He just said it. And they're oh, like, wow. oh, okay. That's I believe you, went Walt. to Walt's convincing techniques there. It just basically bullshitted people until it got in there. Yeah. Well, don't be seen interested when he obviously is some kind of cognitive development and he's used for, for so, cuteness. I'm going to steal mm. this quote from a video that I watched. Of, I think her name is Sarah Sterling. She used to be Shout on Thingma. Sarah Sterling. Go she ahead. used to be on Thingma Vlogs. And she does a similar, a shorter version and video of what we're doing. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, Sarah. Um, <laughs> you're a lot cuter. We're, we have a... We have faces Undoubtedly. for podcasts. Yes. Dopey is really interesting, though, because despite his lack of dialogue, he's most people's favorite dwarf. What? But what struck me about Dopey in my rewatching of Snow White was how much he's like a dog. He's so dog-like. Did you guys know this? Yeah. He wiggles his ears. That's he right. He doesn't talk. His tongue is always hanging yeah. out of the mean, side of his mouth. I mean, he's drooling in one yeah. scene. I'll tell you, the best lines in the movie are the dwarves. Oh, okay. I did write up here, like, favorite... Um, Doc line because he messes up words. Yes. So I wrote Crooked Fanny as my favorite. Did what, you happen to have one that was remembering? Oh my gosh. He did say one that was almost scandalous. It was, uh, um, oh, what was it? Oh my gosh. That's okay. I didn't tell there you. There were some down. fleeting innuendos, but I remember yeah, it. I, I was Definitely. like, uh, uh, Crooked Fanny, uh, Nooks and Crannies. And I was just, just like, oh, dang. A lot of real, like, you know, oh. it's always great when you watch an old movie and the humor mm-hmm. holds up yeah, because sometimes, you know, it's corned away, but, mm-hmm. but the, but the dwarves have great delivery and a lot of kind of, you know, sly lines there. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Are they brothers? Who knows? Now music is, is very interesting <gasps> yes. in this movie. Now, now at the beginning they have something that they would, I, I think kind of, kind of hammer a little bit annoyingly later on where these these swarms of choirs kind of doing like these kind of like mushy mm, you know kind mm-hmm. of like flowy symphonic lines but the scene where the dwarves are having their little jamboree Oh, it's like this, it's like the best. this folk music, but it's like hot jazz almost the way it's done. It's a really great, interesting. Mm. So because this is the '30s, he wanted her to be innocent, but like her hair is cropped short. You kind of see her ankles yeah. a little bit. Like she's kind like flapper quality, not mm. in the scandalous form, but just mm. enough to be like current right. at the time. Right. And exactly. so yeah, it is kind of like jazzy. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You can tell it's it's adapted beautifully from what sounds like kind of Germanic folk and you've right. got the yodeling and the instrumentation, but. You know, you got all the instruments coming in. Yeah, and then when he, and like, he's trying to hit that fly, Dopey is, and it's it's a really a fun scene, and it's yeah. a really it's just it's 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 a party essentially. It's it's a, rock it, and there's roll. a reason why it's the most memorable. I feel like yeah, or and the most uh, advertised. It's I guess. a great use of because like okay, we know some of the things he cut out. Now, one of the things we saw he cut out yeah. was there's a scene where the dwarves are eating their soup, and they sing a song that makes entirely too much out of the act of eating soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a spoon, with a bowl, with the music in your soul, you can cheer things up with the zup, zup, zup of the music in your soul. And they cut it, and it leaves like slurping as percussion. So you can see it being like, oh, this is a great segment for a cartoon, like a short. But they but kind of just did that with the water scene, too. They, they did a thing, but the water scene, I think, is a little bit more plot 
Like she's, you know, she's improving well, their saying. lifestyle. Like, and... Which one helped? That's what I'm saying. With he was so conscious of what held up the story and to keep exactly. it tight. Like, okay, we can showcase the same kind of things mm-hmm. in the water scene or in the. You dance were scene. right. I mean, they're they're very peripheral to the, to the plot, really. But they're they're included in such a way that they don't feel disruptive at all. They don't feel like, mm-hmm. okay, why are we spending so much time on this? No, I agree. And so I little agree. time on the plot. So that's really but if funny. there was like a, the bathing scene and then the slurping scene and then the silly song and oh, then yeah. her singing, you get tired of the doors. You want to kick them off. That's almost there's that's too much singing and we're yeah. a musical family that is too much singing and too much attention away from the central kind mm-hmm. of part of this whole movie which yeah. is snow white saga so disney did this thing to with the dwarves to kind of like where he paid five dollars a gag and i think oh, that yes. was ward kimball said that in the documentary we were watching and his gag was that the noses kind of pop over the the head or the the head of the, uh, yes. the bed a wonderful one piece of animation and i was kind of watching it since knowing that wondering what else people got paid five dollars for i thought that was a great motivating tool um yes. the second thing i love when snow when they think snow white has passed five dollars like 500 now by the way it was like a hundred. It's like a hundred now. <laughs> it's it's not still cheap, bad. but it's like, it's okay, you know. It's but a hundred for each one. I mean, yeah, and they're getting know. their paycheck, so. But when the wax from the candles is dripping and their mm. tears are falling, I just thought that was a beautiful moment when the dwarves' yeah. tears are falling and the wax is kind of almost crying, that too. That whole, like, funeral scene at the end is, like, done in this kind of misty, kind oh, of, like, it's, it's beautiful. It's rather, yeah, atmospherically kind of rendered. It's beautiful. And, yeah. um, oh, and this wa- wallet sound effect. So when they're Well, creaking, the sound effects we should talk about. Yeah, go ahead. When just, they're creaking up the stairs and it's pretty much just uh an empty leather wallet that's like being folded back and forth making that like sound and you wouldn't think that's insane but it's so it's so effective and uh, this was a well-documented process the Mm -hmm. making of this oh yeah you look at some of the clips though of of the sound designers and you could watch a whole documentary of that just in a row without commentary like the yeah, the I efforts kinda, they took and the creative ideas for making these wacky sounds. I kind of like, I really wanted to do this one because I'm so interested in learning about how this was all kind of put together mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, like we were talking about with the animation classes and yeah. then just noting, I like, I love how her hair moves, like when it's wet or when she's dancing yes. or when she fluffs it up to like make a good impression with yes. someone first. Like, her hair i feel like disney princess hair doesn't move that often anymore until mm. elsa but um, maybe you, <laughs> you know but right, i feel like right. it was very like a concert effort to cut or bell with her one mm. piece but like hers was like moving around while she was yeah, dancing the, and that doesn't happen photorealistic characters i mean the dwarves are always like moving around and they're never but, really her, quite still, but the, the photorealistic characters yeah. are moving constantly in these real ways they're kind of swaying yes. a little and bit really or the fabric that. on their clothes yes. is really is with the queen's cape oh, going yeah. downstairs um and so that that is one of the most impressive uh, so I, mean, I just wanted to add those in before we read it was a topic. real it was a lot of effort so to everybody that's dead now that <laughs> put so much work into this movie yeah. you didn't get your due that's probably no, you really probably didn't so yeah um so what we're, we're gonna do a scale of do we well, do out of five? Uh, you, you said five. I think five is pretty universal. Is so good. each each time around, we're going to put our verdict on this movie. It's going to be like Siskel and Ebert, I'm sure, where we have wildly divergent opinions sometimes. Sure. And I'm borrowing this technique where our ratings will change from Gilmore Guys. I mm. just wanted to put that out Shout there. Shout out for, to Gilmore Guys. Yeah. Do you want to each do a different one or the same rating? Oh, let's do the same one. Okay. Let's we'll do that. So it's a little basket. bit different than you, Gilmore Guys. So, ha. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Innovation here. Um, this is what's setting ourselves apart. So we're doing, you say... I think we should rate it out of poison apples. We're going to rate it out of poison apples. So here we have our basket of ten <sighs> poison apples. So how much? What? Ten or five? Well, we each have to. Oh, we, we each, each have get five. our pick. Right? Yes. I know mine. Okay, you go first. I think I'm going to give this one four poison apples, mm-hmm. and I would say that my last poison apple is just 
somewhat underformed. This the the movie has as holes that would be improved upon significantly in future movies from a characterization perspective, yeah. from a plot perspective, from a tempering the sincerity with humor perspective. But you have to give credit to everything we've talked about. What an impressive achievement it is because you really still feel that today no matter how long it's been. That being said, like there's probably a vast improvement from this movie to even their next one or their one after that. There Let's definitely see. is. Yeah, find out soon. However, if you even look at the shorts that he did, and granted those are shorts, it's different than a feature, mm-hmm. and how much the quality of animation improved from those shorts that he was practicing with for Snow White, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. Okay. Well, you're entitled to do that. Um, I'm probably going to give a lot 5 out of 5, That's whatever, fine. but 5 out of sure. 5 poisoned apples. We wouldn't be doing this if we weren't already Disney partisans. Just, yeah, yeah exactly. I hate so Disney movies. Credit where it goes. But it'll be interesting when we hit that one that just doesn't work. I know a couple. I'm sure we'll I see. know a couple, we'll too. See. And like I said, I, my sisters refer to me, not refer to me as Snow White, that sounds weird, but like, I'm the Snow White princess, like I get that shit from my parents and from my sisters and everything, and so I'm the oldest. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm biased, and maybe because it's the first, but I just think it's such a beautiful it is an undeniably impressive movie. And it is very yeah. beautiful. Absolutely. Um, so by the time this is out, we will definitely have places where you can follow and like us and mm-hmm. give us positive feedback yes. or just words of you encouragement. You can find us certainly on Instagram under just our name, Disney's Follies. We'll have Disney's a Facebook Follies. page as Facebook well. Facebook page, and, Disney's uh, Follies. You can email us at disneysfollies at gmail.com mm-hmm. and follow us at Disney's Follies mm-hmm. and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those ones that don't have apostrophes, none of them have apostrophes except for the Disney's Facebook mm-hmm. page because of... Um, right, because you usernames do don't like grammar. exactly. But uh, um, there, you can look for updates. We, uh, my my sister in law lives in Austin. Uh, I live in the Dallas area, so we're gonna try to do these as often as we can. We'll try to get a more regular schedule as it gets off the ground. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, just look at those places for updates. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, and if you have any yeah. extra trivia that I'm sure that we missed, please write in, and we'll include it in the subsequent yeah, episode. We'll, we'll, we'll give some, some time to notes. it um, because we're learning just as much as you are, and that's the yeah. fun of this: is we learn about these, we go along. Yeah. A lot of stuff we didn't realize. So Even much went into Even if just our this. significant others listen. Exactly, exactly. That's an audience right there. And, you know, if they want to send in, you know, donations and whatnot. We've got our GoFundMe slash Disney's Yeah, not yet, not yet. But please tune in next time. We'll be talking about Pinocchio. Thank you very much uh, for listening this time around. And until then, we hope all of your dreams come true. Yeah.